You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. So Jesus breathes into the disciples and guess what? The Holy Spirit is in them and they are born again. So the breath of God coming inside of man not only gives us life, but it gives us new life. That's the analogy. That's what's happening. Every time you blow in a ram's horn, that is being reenacted. And so that's what being born again is. When the Spirit of God is breathed into you and you become the dwelling place of the Most High God, that's when you are born again. Do you ever feel so tired in your day-to-day life? Everything around you is dragging you down and you can't quite see out? That overwhelming, crushing feeling is something so many of us have come to embrace as normal. But the good news is, God doesn't want that to be our normal. He wants a life of abundant joy and peace for us. That's why He sent His Son to die for you so that He could be with you. Today, Pastor Holland shows us how the Old Testament festivals points to the ultimate festival, Jesus. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Leviticus chapter 23 for today's edition of Worship Life Radio. Let's turn to Leviticus 23. Last time we looked at the spring feasts and we talked about how they were fulfilled in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And this week we're going to look at the fall feasts. And these are the feasts that are yet to be revealed. They're going to be revealed in the future. And what the fall feasts are about is the revelation of Messiah to the Jewish people. It's the revelation of Jesus to the nation of Israel. And so their eyes are blinded at this time, but God is going to reveal himself. And so the fall feast is God's timetable of when he's going to reveal himself to the nation of Israel. As we looked at last time, the dates that the spring feasts were fulfilled were very specific. They were very exact. There wasn't any wiggle room in there. To the day, they were, God fulfilled the feast just exactly in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And I believe in the same way that there is going to be the same kind of exactness in the times that God fulfills the fall feast. And so we're going to look at that a little bit later, the significance of that. But as we looked at last time also, Pentecost, which was the last of the spring feast, announced the beginning of the summer harvest. And so with Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, Jesus saying, I'm going to send you out. I'm going to empower you, equip you to be my witnesses, to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. That now begins the summer harvest. And so we are now in the summer harvest. That's the time period that we are in scripture. We're in between the Pentecost and also the fall feast, uh, which is the first of fall feasts, uh, Rosh Hashanah or Yom Teruah. So we're in between those two goalposts, if you will. And what's interesting is when you look at the spring feast, they're all together. You got three feasts together here. You got three feasts together here and then one in the middle. You know, one that kind of stands alone in the middle. What does it look like? A menorah. Looks just like a menorah. So on every Jewish table, they have the menorah. It's a reminder to to them of God's timeline. They don't know that, but that's what it is. It's a testimony to them. It's a sign to them. It points to something. When they would go to worship the Lord every single day, three times a day, 
Three times a day, they would be taking care of the menorah. They were being reminded, you know, daily of God's plan of redemption for the nation of Israel. But there is a time during this time, the summertime that we're now in, it's an age of grace. We're in the age of grace, not the age of judgment. So when you hear preachers get up, God is judging America, just turn them off and write heretic on their name. That's not what God is doing right now. This is an age of grace. The grace of God is being poured out. And God is giving every person the opportunity to receive the kingdom of God, to enter into the kingdom of God, to be born again. That is the times that we're in right now. God wants everyone to be saved. Jesus didn't come to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So that's the times we're in now. But there is a day coming when the harvest will be over. And when the harvest is over, then judgment comes. So yes, judgment is coming. And we can see when that judgment is going to come in the scriptures. Jeremiah 8.20 says, The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. And the sad reality is that the majority of the people will not be saved. The majority of the people will not receive the gospel. The majority of people will reject the message of salvation that Jesus comes to bring. And so you might be part of that group. You might not be part of that group. I hope you're part of the group that receives and enters into the kingdom and is born again. But if you're not, then you're going to be part of the group that will go through the great tribulation period that's going to come upon the earth. You have the opportunity now, all of us, to enter into the kingdom of God. But if you don't, it doesn't mean it's over for you. It just means you're going to have some really hard days ahead of you. But it's up to you to choose what you're going to do. In Revelation, we see one of the greatest revivals that happened in the history of the world happens the day after the rapture. The day after the rapture of the church, when they realized it was too late. And then all of a sudden, they realized that we were all right and they were all wrong. So when will these events happen? Can we know? Can we be aware of them? It says that in Matthew 24, Jesus says that. He says, of the day and of the hour, no one knows. Even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So Jesus says it up front. You're not going to know the day or the hour. Now, what was he referring to when he said that? We think in terms of Western mindset. We think in terms of watches and calendars, right? So we think like, okay, there's... We don't know what day. We can't put it on our calendar and mark it's going to happen at noon on this particular day. But see, in the Jewish mindset, they understood what he was talking about. Because the priests would not know the day or the hour that any of the feasts would begin. They didn't know the day or the hour that the new month would begin. So what did they do? Whenever there was a new moon, they would look into the sky. So when they saw the new moon, they, they knew that something was approaching. So they would look upwards, and as soon as they looked at the moon, and they saw a sliver of light, that was the beginning of the day. 
That's when the day happened. So that sliver of light would announce to them that now the month had begun. Or that sliver of light would announce to them that now the feast had begun. Now the Yom Teruah had begun, or the feast of Rosh Hashanah. And so that's what he was talking about. You don't know the day or hour. And the priest would go, yeah, you're right, we don't. We have to look. And we're waiting, and we're watching. Where have you heard this language? Right? Wait and watch. What are they doing? They're looking at the moon. They understood. We're going to wait and watch, and there it is. And then they would blow the shofar to announce the beginning of the new month or the beginning of the festival. Now, Paul, knowing this in 1 Thessalonians 5, says this. Now, remember, Paul is a rabbi, right? He was trained under the best rabbi of the day, Gamaliel. You know, it's like going to Harvard or Yale, whichever you think is closer to being like Gamaliel. If you go to Harvard, then Harvard's better. If you go to Yale, then Yale's better. And if you're independently wealthy, you don't care. Um, But Paul, knowing this, said in 1 Thessalonians 5, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Now, Paul mentions here, he says, I don't have to write you concerning the times and the seasons. Why? Because they would have known about the times and the seasons. What is he talking about? Well, the word times here corresponds in the Old Testament with the word moed. And that word moed is translated in the Hebrew as the appointed times. So when, as we're going through the feast dates, these are what the Bible calls the moed. The Lord says, these are my moeds. These are my appointed times. These aren't Jewish times. They aren't Jewish appointed times. These are the Lord's appointed times. So these are for everyone to look at. But he gave them to the Jews. He revealed it to the Jewish nation so that the Jewish nation would know. But guess what Jesus does to us as Gentiles? Everything that the Father gives to him, he gives to us. So it's been revealed to us also. So we don't have to celebrate it. I'm not under the law, but I can receive the revelation of it. I can understand it, and I can understand what it means. So the times are the appointed times. The seasons have to do with The time of year, you know, the fall feast, the spring feast, the latter rain, the early rains, the latter rains, has to do with the summer, winter, fall, the seasons that we're in. And so we all know what season we're in, right? So you know the season, it's a big time, and you know the appointed times. So if you know the appointed times and you know the season that you're in, then you're not in the dark. You have an idea that something is about to happen. Psalms 104, 19 tells us that God made the moon to mark the seasons. So that's why they're looking at the moon. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. 
And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse, and we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. The moon is going to tell them when they see that sliver of light, okay, now the season has begun. And so Paul is speaking of the feast dates in Leviticus 23. And he implies that by understanding the feast dates, understanding what they mean, what they signify, that that is the key to knowing the times and the seasons of the return of Jesus Christ. We can know the times and the seasons that we're in. And the first fall feast is known as the Feast of Trumpets, or in the Hebrew, it's Yom Teruah. And in verse 23, we read this, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation, You shall do no customary work on it, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. And so Yom Teruah, also known as Rosh Hashanah, occurs the first of Tishri. And so that's the first month of the Jewish New Year, the month of Tishri. And so they celebrate their new year on the first of Tishri. But it's the civil calendar. So just like you had the, you have a civil calendar that celebrates the new year, but in the spring, God says we're going to start a new calendar. This is the new first of your year, and that celebrates redemption. And last time we made the connection how all of us have the same thing in our lives. We have our birthday that we celebrate, and we also have our spiritual birthday that we celebrate. And that is connected to the day that we were Redeemed, that we experience redemption, that we receive the free gift of salvation and surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ and we were born again. Interestingly enough, Rosh Hashanah also is tied to creation. They believe that is the day that the world was created. So it goes back all the way to creation. And it's announced with the blowing of the shofar. Now, the shofar is a ram's horn. And it symbolized the life of God being blown into or breathed into man when man became a living being. So think about this for a minute. What is a ram's horn? It's a hard piece of flesh, right? It's part of the ram. The ram doesn't willingly give it up. You have to like take it from him, right? He's not sitting there going, oh, you need a horn. I've got one. Got two of them, actually. You know, you got to go get it. He doesn't like it. So you're cutting off a piece of his body. You know, just like, you know, if I were to cut my hair off, you know, I wouldn't like it. But maybe you might not like it either. But it's this ram. And so what happens, you got this hard piece of flesh. It's dead. And then when you blow into it, it comes to life. It creates a sound. 
And so that's the analogy. So every time they're blowing into this ram horns, it's reenacting when God breathed life into them. When God breathed life into man. God breathed into man, and man became a living being. But guess what? Jesus, in the book of John, gets with his disciples, and he says, and he breathes on them, and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. So Jesus breathes into the disciples, and guess what? The Holy Spirit is in them, and they are born again. So the breath of God coming inside of man not only gives us life, but it gives us new life. That's the analogy. That's what's happening. Every time you blow in a ram's horn, that is being reenacted. And so that's what being born again is, when the Spirit of God is breathed into you. And you become the dwelling place of the Most High God. That's when you are born again. It's not just praying a prayer, going down in a field or whatever like that. There's a lot of people that have done that and have never been infilled or filled with the presence of God, with the Spirit of God. But it's when the Holy Spirit sets up dwelling place in your life, then you are born again. You're made new. You're a new creation at that very moment. Now, I want to unveil a mystery for you concerning the Feast of Trumpets. The rabbis teach that the Feast of Trumpets is also the day that the dead will be raised. It it signifies the resurrection of the dead. And the word teruah is an interesting word because it has two meanings. It can mean a shofar, the blast of a shofar, a loud blast of a shofar but it can also mean a great shout. So you got two things happening here. The blast of a trumpet and a great shout happening together at the same time. Now, the other thing is, is that this shout can be a shout of joy or it can be a shout of warning. A shout of joy or a shout of warning. And so you have both happening at the same time. Both a shout of joy and a shout of warning and a trumpet blast, and a great shout, all together. Now, where does that all come together in the scriptures? Think about that for a moment. David said this in Psalms 47.5. He says, God has ascended, gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a shofar. So he ascended, went up with a shout and a shofar. You got it? Right? He ascended with a shout and a shofar. Shofar, so good? We got it? Okay. In 1 Thessalonians 4, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the shofar of God. So he Ascended with a shout, now he's descending with a shout. He ascended with the shofar, now he's descending with the shofar. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, remember when Jesus ascended, what did he say? I'll be back. Not quite. He said, the same way that I went up is the same way I'm going to come down. Didn't he say that? How did he go up? With a shout and with the shofar. How is he going to come back? 
with a shout and with the shofar. So he's going to be returning with the shout. He's going to be returning with the sound of a trumpet with the shofar. And there are two events in Scripture where Jesus returns. One is known as the rapture of the church. The second is known as the second coming. And in the second coming, and the difference between the rapture and the second coming is that in the rapture of the church, Jesus comes for his saints. He's returning to get his saints. He's not coming with his saints. But in the second coming, he's coming with his saints. We will be with them. He'll be riding on a white horse and we'll be part of the, you know, those that are coming with him riding on white horses. That's why I tell people, get your horse riding lessons now. Don't, we don't want to be embarrassed by you and put you in the back of the line. I remember when we went on vacation up to the Grand Canyon and we were on a horseback ride, uh, or actually it wasn't the Grand Canyon, it was um, Yellowstone. And we're on a horseback ride and there was this poor guy, he just didn't know how to ride a horse and the horse bolted and he fell off and his foot got stuck in the stirrup and he's dragging along, you know, and, and uh, they had to go rescue him and stuff. He was okay, but it was kind of funny because as the bolts, you know, horse is bolting off, he's just like holding the reins, like going, stop, stop, stop. It's like, that doesn't work. So uh, don't be like that guy. You know, get some horseback riding lessons so you know you don't want to be like jetting in front of Jesus in the line. Uh, you want to be right in there with everybody else. But during the second coming, we're all coming with him. In the second coming, every eye will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. But in the rapture, but in the rapture, only those who are caught up will meet him in the air. So only those who are caught up will see Jesus in the air, right? So second coming, everyone sees him, raptures, only those that are believers will see him. The other thing I want you to notice in this scripture is that he says here in verse 16, the dead in Christ will rise first. What is that talking about? The resurrection of the dead. What do the Jews believe about Yom Teruah? That this is the day that the resurrection of the dead will happen. What happens at the rapture? The resurrection of the dead. In the second coming, there is no resurrection of the dead. You understand that? There's no resurrection on the second coming. We're coming with him. But on the rapture, there's a resurrection of the dead. It corresponds with what the Jews believe about Yom Teruah. So we have the Lord descending. There's a sound of trumpet. There's a shout. There's a shout of joy. And that's why he says comfort one another. But there's also the shout of alarm. That judgment is coming. Because with the rapture of the church, when the trumpet is sounded, it's announcing that an era has begun. And now there will be a time of great tribulation that will come upon the whole earth. Friends, we want you to know how special you are to us, but more importantly, we want you to know how special you are to God. God loves you, and He gave everything for you so that you could have eternal life. His Son Jesus died on the cross for your sins so that you could be forgiven and you could know that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. Why don't you pray this simple prayer, mean it with all your heart, and make that decision to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, to say, Jesus, I surrender to you. Forgive me for living my life without you. 
I don't want to live without you anymore. I want to live for you. Forgive me for breaking your law and fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. And if you pray that prayer, you can have the assurance that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. And I look forward to spending that eternity with you. You've been listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis. As we wrap up today's message, we want to give you the opportunity to partner with us in ministry. This radio broadcast is, in a way, a virtual mission field. We're praying that every time a message is shared, someone's heart is drawn to Jesus. We pray for grace to be known and for lives to be changed. Would you join us in lifting up your fellow listeners to the Lord? Ask God to protect them and draw them closer with each moment they listen. There's one more way you can partner with us too. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting Worship Life Radio? Every amount given, no matter the size, will be used to spread the gospel message. And we're so grateful for it. You can find out more and donate securely online at calvarysanclemente.org. Just click on Give. Thanks for partnering with us here at Worship Life Radio. Do you live in the San Clemente area? If so, we'd love to have you join us for worship at Calvary Chapel San Clemente. We meet every Sunday at 8 and 10 a.m. And we have a Bible study on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. that you're welcome to be a part of too. Come for a time of singing praises, learning from the Bible, and being with your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you can't come in person just yet, that's okay. You can still be a part of our church online through our website. Find out more at calvarysanclemente.org. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in. And be sure to join us next time for another edition of Worship Life Radio. Every one of us is on a journey of grace. God wants you to be free and full of joy. Pastor Holland's message series, A Journey of Grace, will help you discover how to live the abundant life that Jesus promises to give you today. Order your personal copy of A Journey of Grace at worshipliferadio.com.